This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Can you help us? Partner with the ministry of Equip by calling 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very, I think, interactive and enlightening edition of Equip. Today, we're going to talk about the reality of God, and we're going to take up an age-old question that still is relevant today, is God real? But before we dive into that and our wonderful guest for today, I want to say thank you to our partners who make this program possible. Your generosity is a tool of God's grace to allow us to be here on the front lines every day to take on the relevant questions of our culture with the real and biblical answers. So I want to say thanks to a few folks who have recently given to the program. To Megan from Spokane, Washington. Thank you, Megan. To Terry from Maywood, Illinois. Thank you for your generosity, Terry. To uh, Donald from Lance Cruces, uh, New Mexico. Thank you, Donald. And also to Winsome from Florida. I'm so grateful for each one of you. Today, as you listen to the program, I would ask that you would prayerfully consider partnering with us as well. If Equip has been a blessing to you, if you've grown in your faith, if we have helped you to more effectively live, share, and defend the faith that you have in Jesus, and if the message that Jesus is Lord, that the Bible is true, that salvation is found in Christ alone is important to you to share with your community. I would ask that you would consider giving a generous gift today. You can dial this number, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. The question that I think has been asked by many generations and in a new and fresh way by our current generation is the question of, is God real? To put it a different way, are there historical reasons to believe in God, scientific reasons, philosophical reasons that really can stand and withhold the challenges and objections to the reality of God? Is there more preponderance of evidence that God is real than there is that he's not? I certainly would argue that God is real, but can that be supported? I want to take up that question with uh, a guest today that I respect tremendously, Lee Strobel. And in many ways, Lee Strobel needs no introduction for many of you. But for some who may be new to the faith or maybe yet to believe at all, I want to make sure you understand why Lee Strobel is a voice that 
should be listened to. There's a lot of accolades that I can mention. He's a best-selling New York Times author. He is an award-winning journalist. He's also a professor as well. But I think it's important that I note that he was a former atheist, not just someone who disbelieved in God, but someone who was ardent in his disbelief in God. And it was in his genuine search for where the evidence leads that caused him to come to a place of belief in God. He and his wife, Leslie, has been married for more than 50 years and uh, have a beautiful family. And I'm so grateful to have in my hands today his newest book, simply entitled, Is God Real? Exploring the Ultimate Question of Life. I respect and appreciate Lee Strobel tremendously, and I'm grateful to have him on today. Lee, how are you? Hey, my friend, Chris, how you doing? It's been a while since we've talked. I hope you're doing well. I am doing well, man, and it's always a great day when you stop by the program. Listen, every book has an origin story. I think about this book, and I say to myself, what is the origin story, Lee, Mm -hmm. behind this book, Is God Real? Well, that's an interesting question because I've done, as you know, a lot of books, and um, this is the only time where the publisher approached me and they said, our tech people have made an interesting discovery. I said, what? Mm. So we've discovered that 200 times a second around the clock, someone on planet Earth is typing into a computer search engine, basically the question, is God real? Yeah. And I thought, Oh my goodness. I mean, if there's that much interest, that much curiosity, then maybe we could help people and uh, give them some guidance. And so uh, I drew on some of my previous works, uh, added new material, new interviews and so forth, and uh, created this new book with the hope that it will deepen the faith of Christians and equip them. That's one of your favorite words I know yes. to um, to be able to share Jesus and the evidence for Him with others, but also a book can give away to someone who's spiritually curious. And so my hope is that Christians will read the book, but then after they're done, they won't keep it; they'll give it away to someone they know who's got questions about God. Well, I got some questions, and certainly I know those who are listening have questions as well. And, and my hope today is that this will be an open dialogue, not just between. Myself and Lee, but as you listen, maybe you yourself have questions about the reality or existence of God or maybe someone you love, your young adult child, son or daughter, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker. We're going to open up the phone lines at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. It's a special thing to have Lee here, and I want to give you an opportunity to ask your question of our dear brother. Lee, you call this the ultimate question, but some may even ask, why does this question even matter? And I guess one way to pose it, if there is no God, then what? Yeah, yeah. There's actually an atheist by the name of William Provine, uh, Cornell University, and he was doing a debate with a Christian. And he said, look, I'm an atheist. Uh, I'll just be honest. If there is no God, if there is no creator, then five things are true. Number one, there's no evidence for God. Number two, there's no life after death. Number three, there's no absolute foundation for right or wrong. Number four, there's no absolute meaning for life. And number five, there's no free will. Well, those are kind of big issues. <laughs> those are big <laughs> you issues. Look at that, you go, oh my goodness, there's a lot hanging on this question. 
You know, when I think about that in light of what you just said, how prevalent do you think this question is? And, and I guess since you've been at this for a while, how have you seen the questioning of God's existence change over the years? Well, it's interesting. When I was a freshman in high school back in 1967, um, 98% of American adults believed in God. 98%, mm. almost mm. universal. Today, that has plunged to 81%, which is the lowest ever in history. And if you ask people, are you sure that God exists? It goes down to about six out of 10 people will say yes. Wow. So, so there's an increased skepticism in our culture, and you see it really pronounced in Generation Z, young people, uh, who twice as many of them uh, label themselves atheists as in my generation. You know, when I was an atheist back in the 70s and 60s and uh, early 80s, um, you didn't go around telling people you were an atheist. I mean, it was socially <laughs> embarrassing. Right. You, you know, it was it was a black mark on your life. I mean, you might as well call yourself a pedophile or something. I mean, people just did not confess that they were an atheist. Today, it's fashionable, and, and especially on college campuses. Uh, there's a lot of social and cultural pressure toward people calling themselves atheists. And uh, it's one reason why a lot of young people who grow up in Christian families go off to college and come home and tell their parents at Thanksgiving they're now an atheist. And I tell them, don't panic, because they're probably not really an atheist. But that's kind of the, that's kind of the, uh, the label that's popular these days. And um, there's a lot of people pushing us in, in that kind of direction. One of the false misnomers about those who believe in God is the fact that it's just a blind leap of faith. And one of the things yeah. that I have loved about your book is you take history, science, philosophy very seriously. Talk about how those three fields come together in this one book. Yeah, you know, I used to think as an atheist that faith meant you believed in something even though you knew in your heart it couldn't be true. <laughs> that to me was right, faith. Right. But but now I understand biblical faith is taking a step of trust in the same direction that the evidence is pointing. Mm. Um, we all take those kind of steps. You know, I'm sitting here in my home in uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, my wife has given me some water to have in case I get thirsty during the interview. Well, how do I know it wasn't poison? Well, <laughs> uh, the glass she gave me was clean. It looks clean. I don't smell anything unusual in the water. It looks clear. Uh, she has no motive to hurt me. Um, but you know, knowing that, I still have to take a step of trust. I have to taste and see that the water is good. And the Bible says, yes. taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, we, we take a step, but it's in the same direction. There's about um, 20 lines of evidence that point toward the truth of Christianity and the existence of God. Um, in my book, I deal with several. I deal with science. I deal with the origin of the universe, cosmology. I deal with the fine-tuning of the universe, um, physics. I deal with biochemistry or the um, information that's in every uh, cell in our body. And um, uh, those, I believe, a series of scientific discoveries over the last, just the last 50 years or so, wow. point powerfully toward the existence of God to the, to the degree that it makes belief in God today more reasonable and rational than I think any time in history. We're going to get to those lines of evidence. And I just yeah. want to say, folks are already starting to call in, which I think is great. And uh, uh, maybe today you are skeptic. You know, the studies show us, Lee, 
that even on Christian radio stations, about 20% of the audience are not believers. And so I just want to say to you, if you are not a follower of Christ, if you're skeptical about the whole argument of the existence of God, or even particularly about Jesus being Lord, I want you to know this is a safe place, and we're going to respect you and even give you priority. If you do want to call in with your question, uh, we just love to have a conversation with you, 877 548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. I do want to just give counterbalance to something we brought up earlier, that it seems to be, you remember the Charles Dickens book, The Tale of Two Cities. It seems to be that there's a tale of two stories. On the one Mm -hmm. hand, there's a storyline of our generation of skepticism, But that's not the only storyline. There is a storyline of an increase in awakening to the reality of God, too. Talk about both of those simultaneous storylines. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Three out of four American adults say they want to grow spiritually. And nearly half of American adults say, I'm more open to God today than I was before the pandemic. Um, I have a friend, you may know him, I don't know if you do, named Shane Pruitt. Do you know Shane Pruitt? Mm Mm-hmm. Working with uh, Shane's a, yeah, yeah. Shane's a, um, a person who travels the country and speaks to young people, high school, college students about God. And he said, Lee, I've seen more young people come to faith in Jesus Christ in the last three years than in the previous 18 years of ministry combined. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we, you're right, absolutely, Chris, that, that we, we see these two trends. We see uh, you know, one trend that points towards skepticism, but we see another trend that points toward people being open, people being curious. Um, and frankly, we see a lot of the fallout of people who reject the idea of God. We're seeing the um, uh, percentage of young people who suffer from depression and anxiety is through the roof. Um, uh, the, the suicide ideation among young people is yes. through the roof. And uh, I think that's a natural consequence. As one person said to me, one um, youth pastor, he said, you know, I think Generation Z is, is kind of flat on its back from anxiety and from depression. And when you're flat on your back, you tend to look up. And yeah. uh, so I'm optimistic. I think there's a lot of people, especially young people, who are saying, you know, I, I, want, I want the truth. I, I want to know what I can depend on what's trustworthy, and I believe his name is Jesus. Well, you've taken, again, history, science, philosophy seriously, so we're going to take a break. But Lee has talked to some leading experts. He's compiled the evidence into this wonderful book, Is God Real? Those of you who know Lee's approach know that it's thorough, and this book is going to be engaging, I promise you, from the first page to the last. Now, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk to Lee about some recent suffering that we've even seen recently this week and how we can maintain belief in God in light of human suffering. Maybe you have a question you've been dealing with or someone you love has been dealing with concerning belief in God. The phone number to join the conversation is 877-LIVE-675. You can also go to our social media pages, Equipped Radio, Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back right after this. 
When you listen to Equip, you know I love to introduce you to some incredible guests and topics. But there's one person that I want you to meet more than anyone else. His name is Jesus, and he wants to have a genuine personal relationship with you. He even died on the cross to take the punishment for all of our sins so that we can join his eternal family. It would be my honor to introduce you to Jesus today. Simply call 877-548-3675. Again, give us a call at 877-548-3675. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Lee Strobel is my guest today. He has a new book out, Is God Real? Exploring the ultimate question of life and its response to the fact of the prevalence of the question so many people every day are asking the question is god real and we as christians should take that question seriously and even more importantly we should have a response peter tells us that that we should always be ready to defend the faith that we profess the faith that we believe the reason for our hope as Peter would put it. And so I want to encourage you to get a copy of the book, Is God Real? It's a great book to read by yourself. I think even um, more beneficial is if you did it with your small group, if you are part of a small group. If not, maybe you just ask a few friends. Let's read this together. Let's discuss it. It's even a great book, in my opinion, Lee, to read with somebody who is a skeptic, who maybe is not a believer, to say, hey, let's— Let's read through it together. Let's discuss it, uh, even if yep. there are some objections. I want to go to the phone lines. Um, Chet is listening in Lake Wells, Florida. Hey, Chet, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question for Lee today? Well, thank you for taking my call. The question is, if there is no personal God, then when we have tragedies like what happened in Kansas City— there is no reason yeah. to mourn. There is no mm. hope. There is nothing because yeah. I am an accident of chemicals and protons plus neutrons plus ele- uh, electrons plus time plus yeah. chance plus nothing. And Jesus yeah. is the one who gives us hope for the future and eternity. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you Chad. Know, that's Lee, what's comment. your response? Yeah, you know, Jesus was honest. Um you look at some Eastern philosophies and they say, suffering? No, 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 no. That's Maya. In other words, that's an illusion. That's not real. And Jesus says, baloney. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But he said, take courage because I have overcome the world. In other words, just as the caller said, there is hope, there is redemption, there is uh, eternity in heaven through Jesus Christ. There's an answer through him to him. Uh, through him. And, you know, this question of evil and suffering, it's a question that every worldview must wrestle with, not just Christianity. Um, And it doesn't negate what I mentioned earlier, the 20 lines of evidence that point toward the truth of Christianity. So it doesn't negate all that. But it's a legitimate question. You know, my wife uh, suffers from a neuromuscular condition. Uh, It's incurable. Mm -hmm. And she's been in pain every day for 20 years. And she will be in pain every day for the rest of her life, unless God intervenes and does a miracle, which he has not chosen to do. And so this is a very personal issue, suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, And for, I'm sure, many of the listeners, uh, for them, this is not an intellectual exercise. It's a personal question. And I think Christianity has the most logical response, which is basically this. 
that God has existed from eternity past as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in a perfect love relationship. And so love is the greatest value in the universe. And when God decided to create humankind, he wanted us to be able to love each other and to love him. Well, the only way that God could create uh, people with the capacity to love is if he gave us free will. Why? Because love always involves a choice. And so, for instance, when my daughter was little, they used to have a doll called Chatty Kathy. And uh, I got her one for Christmas. And it had a string on the back. And you pull the string and let go, and the doll would talk to you. So she'd pull the string, let go, and the doll would say, I love you, which was a <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now, did that doll love her? Of course not. It was programmed to say that. It was a mechanical device. It had no choice. Real love always involves a choice. And so what have we yes. done with that choice? Humankind has turned its back on God. We've denied the existence of God. We've denied his teachings. We've violated his laws. Um, we suppressed the evidence of him. And um, as a result, um, evil suffering has entered into our world and, and, and it even encrusts the planet. The Bible says that the, the planet is groaning for redemption that will happen someday when Jesus returns and history is consummated. So, um, you know, it, in other words, with the free will, I can take my hand and I can feed a hungry person. Or I can take that same hand, I can pick up a gun at a Super Bowl parade, and I can shoot innocent people. But if I pick up a gun and shoot innocent people, it's a little disingenuous to then say, God, why do you allow suffering? (laughs) I mean, we're the problem. You know, 90 percent of the suffering in the world are things that we inflict on each other. And so, uh, you know, we 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 create enough calories every day in food to give every man, woman and child 3000 calories a day. But why are people starving to death? Because our governments don't care enough about people and their needs to be able to provide a way that we we feed hungry people around the planet. So, um, and, and the good news is Jesus offers hope. As the caller mm-hmm. said, he's absolutely right. You know, uh, Romans 8.28 gets thrown out as almost a greeting card, um, uh, simplistic comment where it says that God can take all things uh, that happen to us and work them together for good uh, for those that are uh, called um, and, and are followers of him. And, you know, in this world of the next, in other words, God promises, I can take, I can cause good to emerge from the suffering you yes. go through. And some people say, well, wait a minute. You don't know how much suffering I've gone through. I've gone through too much suffering. God, there's no way God could create good out of my suffering. To which I say, wait a minute. God has taken the worst possible thing that could ever happen in the universe, which is the death of the Son of God on a cross. And from that, he has created the best thing that's ever happened in the universe, which is the opening of heaven to all who follow him. So if God can take the worst thing in the universe and from that create the best thing in the universe, he can take our suffering and draw good from it as well. First off, Chad, I want to say thank you for the question. I think Lee answered well, but I certainly appreciate it. And we want you to stay on the line and we want to get you a copy of the book. But I'll also say to Chad and to all who are listening, you know, like many of you, I have some really dear friends who are a part of the Kansas City community. And uh, Mm. I'd be remiss if we just did not pause to pray uh, to express our deep, deep sympathy. You know, this week was also the one year anniversary of the tragic school shooting at uh, my alma mater, Michigan State University. And so it's been uh, a week that has been marked by so many Mm -hmm. grieving hearts. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm a follower of Jesus is because 
He promises to be near to the brokenhearted. And so today I pray that uh, those who are grieving in Kansas City and in other parts of the country in East Lansing, Michigan as well, but sense the nearness of God's love. Father, we come before you today on behalf of yet another community, yet uh, many more families, Lord, that have experienced the pain of living in a fallen world, the sinful nature of man expressed through violence and um, mistreatment of one another. But yet, Jesus, this is why you came. You came to silence evil. You came to change the human heart, to transform the human heart. And so, Lord, I pray for comfort, but I pray for even more uh, salvation, for repentance, for the transformation and change that comes uh, from a relationship with you. So, Lord, may the church be strong in Kansas City and in other parts of our country where the voice of the, the gospel needs to be proclaimed. I pray that we would respond with acts of love and kindness which portray the character of a, of a, a God who not only creates but who cares. And so, Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the love that caused you to lay down your life so that we might live. May we do the same for one another. Bless uh, Kansas City, uh, bless East Lansing and other parts of our country and world that need your care, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And, And I will say this, that one of the beauties that I've seen in the Christian faith is that this question of the goodness of God, the existence of God in light of suffering, at some point in every conversation like what we're having now, changes from being very philosophical to very practical. Uh, I would even say um, uh, uh, an opportunity, if you will, for us to uh, put hands and feet to our faith. And so to the believers in these communities, Let's not just talk about these things, but let's do all that we can to make a difference and to show and share the love of Christ. When we come back, I want to take more of your calls at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. also want to ask Lee, what scientific discoveries has him most encouraged about the existence of God? Is God real? Well, that's the ultimate question of life. That's why Lee wrote the book. Find out how to order your copy at EquipRadio.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for each and every one of you who listen to Equip, who pray for us who also support the program. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for your generosity and for your love and partnership in the gospel. I would ask that you would consider today making a generous gift. In many ways, we are in a spiritual battle for the soul of a generation. I think you guys know that. And we're going to be able to respond, yes, with biblical and strong answers. But in order to have the opportunity to broadcast the truth of God's 
love and grace and salvation in Jesus in your community, we need your financial partnership as well. So can you pause just for a moment today and give a gift to equip? A gift of any amount makes all the difference. All you have to do is go to our website at equippedradio.org. You can learn about the program, listen to previous programs, find out more about our gift of the month to you, which is Rebecca McLaughlin's wonderful book, concerning friendship. I love it. No greater love. It's a biblical vision of friendship. And in this month about love, we wanted you to have that. Also, you can find out about today's guest, Lee Strobel, and his book, Is God Real? and so much more. Support us there at equipradio.org or dial the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. I also want to go to the phone lines today. Clarence is listening in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Hey, Clarence, thank you so much for calling. What's your question for Lee? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, My question for Lee is that, you know, in light of all that he's been saying, first I wanted to say that I met you at the Family Valley Church when you were did a book signing for the case for Christ, and oh, wow. you know we got that, and I taught that to uh, our men's class, and and and, and everybody <laughs> was really excited about that, and really it's been one of those awesome. books that you keep. But awesome. uh, having said that, I was wondering as you were talking about the falling away, particularly of young people and everybody, really. Yeah, I was wondering how well your book has been received up to this point. Yeah, and in particular yeah. with Gen Z. Yeah, I appreciate the question. And by the way, I love Michigan. And uh, Kalamazoo <laughs> is a fascinating area. Um, I spoke at a uh, fundraiser for a uh, Christian school there not long ago. But um, uh, So thanks for the call, Clarence. You know, I've been really surprised at two things about this book. Uh, one is the willingness of Christians. I did a book signing, for instance, out in California, and um, I signed books for about almost four hours. Um, and it was Christians coming with two or three copies saying, I've got friends, I've got a son or a daughter or a cousin or whoever, and they're spiritually confused. They're saying they don't believe in God anymore. And would you sign it and put a little note to them? And I, I sat there for almost, I say almost four hours doing that. And I loved doing it because these books are going to be put to use. So it surprised me the um, you know, when we talk about how many people are kind of uh, falling away from the faith, I think that has created an increased zeal among Christians to say, wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Uh, have you really looked at the evidence? Have you really considered the truth? Have you really read scripture? Have you really um, even prayed what I call the skeptic's prayer, which is, God, I don't believe you're there. In fact, I'm sure you're not. But if you are, I want to meet you. Um, so I'm seeing that kind of thing, but I'm also seeing Christians who are increasingly motivated to learn themselves why we believe what we believe. There was a guy who's six year, get this, he's a grandfather. His six-year-old granddaughter goes to public school. She was on the playground during recess and the other students were taunting her and making fun of her because she believes in God. Mm. Oh, you believe in fairy tales. You still believe in make-believe. You still believe in God. yeah. I mean, it's a six-year-old. Our yeah. children and our grandchildren are going to be challenged in their faith in a way that older generations were not. And we need to help them. 
We need to be equipped ourselves so we can pass that along to them and encourage them to say that our faith in Christ is well-placed. Clarence, I want you to stay online. We're going to get you a copy of Lee's book just as a way of saying thank you. You used the case for Christ really well, so I think you'll use Is Got Real also. So we're going to get it into your hands just as a way of saying thank you for listening to Equip. While Clarence stays on the line, I want you to give a call as well, 877-548-3675. Lee, of all of the scientific discoveries, the one that's most pronounced to me that I feel like is maybe the strongest argument is uh, the DNA evidence for the existence of God. Talk about what you learn in your conversations with Dr. Stephen Myers. Yeah, this is fantastic. And again, uh, as you say, Chris, these are discoveries just over the last 50 years or so that have really opened our eyes to this. And this has to do with the information in DNA. If you open up any cell in your body and unwind that famous double helix of DNA, it would be six feet tall. And embedded in that, isn't that amazing? We got 100 trillion cells in our body. And and embedded in that DNA is a four-letter chemical alphabet that spells out the precise assembly instructions out of which our bodies are made. So in other words, just as English uses a 26-letter alphabet to spell out words, uh, our bodies use and DNA use a four-letter chemical alphabet to spell out the assembly instructions for how we're constructed. And, um, you know, that points toward a creator. Why? Because whenever we see information, there's always a creator behind it. There's always an intelligence behind it. So in other words, I live here in Houston. And if I were to walk down to the Gulf of Mexico um, and on a, a, early in the morning and in the wet sand, I would see ripple marks. Um, it would be logical for me to conclude that the wave action cause the ripple marks in the sand because nature can produce patterns. We see that in a lot of ways. Nature can produce patterns. But if I'm walking down the beach and in the wet sand, I see John loves Mary with a heart around it and an arrow through it. I wouldn't (laughs) say, oh, the waves made that. No, why? Because that's information. And whenever we see information, whether it's a computer code, whether it's a book, whether it's a painting on a cave wall, we always see an intelligence behind it. I think this argument for the existence of God is among the most powerful, combined especially with the cosmological argument, the origin of the universe, and the fine-tuning of the universe. I think those three arguments in and of themselves, if I were still an atheist today like I used to be, those those three areas of science would convince me personally, I'm speaking personally, they would convince me personally that God exists. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. And these are brilliant people who are making these arguments. And I say that just yeah. to simply say that the belief that you have to check your brain out at the door if you are going to believe in God is not a tenable yeah. argument when you see who's making these arguments. Well-trained scientific minds yes. who have dug deep into the science and have simply tried to follow the truth where it leads. Lee, let me ask. Yeah, if you uh, look at uh, this argument, this argument, as you say, from um, uh, DNA, the, the main proponent of that argument, uh, Dr. Stephen Meyer, his PhD is from Cambridge University. I yeah. mean, he's no intellectual slouch, you know? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I want to go back to the phone lines. Uh, Jeanette is uh, listening in Kissimmee, 
Florida. Hey, Jeanette, thank you so much for listening. What's your question for Lee? Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mr. Lee. I'm curious, hi, even though we, hi, we are very much um, able to present evidence. We're now in a culture that now is very relativistic, and they'll say, well, that's yes. great for you. That, that's your truth. I don't accept right. that. So is there any practical approach on how to mm. deal with that whole relativism? How do we great handle question. that? Yeah. That's a great question, Jeanette. Boy, it must be beautiful living down in Florida that way. Um, <laughs> my mom grew up not far from where you're at, and I uh, always loved going down there ever since I was a little kid. I love Florida. Um, you know, one of the chapters I have in my book is an interview with a philosopher by the name of Dr. Chad Meister. And uh, Dr. Meister has developed what he calls the apologetics pyramid. And if you picture in your mind a pyramid um, and you kind of slice it, um, about seven slices. Um, this is a process through which you can take a non-believer to help them understand the evidence for God and, and the fact that we have truth and not relativistic truth, but objective truth. And so it begins at the bottom layer, which is the question of truth. How do we know what is true? Is, you know, is everything relative? Is it just opinions and preferences or is there truth? And in the book, he goes through those various arguments and concludes that truth is that which corresponds with reality. And so for me to say I am in Houston, Texas right now, uh, that that would that would be a true statement because it corresponds to reality. Um, But if I were to say I'm currently in Anchorage, Alaska, that would be false because I'm not in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, and so there is a, um, uh, an objective nature to truth. And, and he goes through why relativistic beliefs don't make sense. And um, um, indeed, we can't even practically live in a world that is relativistic. That's um, right. You know, uh, John Paul Sartre once said, everything is indeed permitted if God does not exist. And one of the reasons we know that God exists is that we have objective moral standards in the universe, objective right and wrong. Um, um, We know that, for instance, it's wrong to torture a baby for fun. And um, that can't be accounted for under the atheistic worldview. Uh, Most atheists would concede that there is no uh, uh, objective morality or objective truth. It's, It's all relativistic. Um, and we can't really live that way. It's not logical and it's not livable. Uh, and then he moves up. Yes. I won't go through all of it, but he moves up in that pyramid to worldviews. There's only three possible worldviews. Pantheism, everything is God. Atheism, there is no God. Or theism, there is a God. And yeah. we analyze those from the aspects of livability and logic. And then uh, theism emerges as the most logical and rational view Then we go to Revelation, which is the uh, um, reliability of Scripture. Then we go to the resurrection, the historical evidence that Jesus not only claimed to be the Son of God, but backed it up by returning from the dead. And then finally, the tip of the pyramid is the gospel. And so I remember I was preaching at a church in Chicago years ago, and um, uh, on the resurrection, an atheist came up to me afterwards and said, hey, that was really interesting. Could you get together with me and talk to me about it some more? And I said, I'd love to, but I'm leaving for Europe this afternoon. I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. But here, my friend Chad will talk to you. And Chad at that time was a seminary student. And Chad said, sure, I'll meet with you. So Chad came up with this pyramid to talk through, starting at the broadest level, what is truth, and going eventually to the gospel. And he sat down with that guy at his house that Friday night. They began talking at 7 a.m. And by 11 o'clock that night, that atheist was now a Christian. So it's <laughs> well, you- a very interesting process to go through. 
Well, you know, and this is the beauty of the book. And Jeanette, we're going to get you a copy just to say thank you for listening. We're going to give you a complimentary copy of Lee's book. But that chapter, I would rush to that chapter if I were you because what Chad does is he first deals with that question of truth. And once you settle that, then, yeah, you can make the case for why Jesus is Lord. And so I think your question is very, very insightful. That's why we want to get you a copy of Lee's book. So you stay on the line. We'll make sure that we get your information and we send that over to you. And as soon as you get the book, you go to chapter six and uh, begin to read Chad's chapter there. I appreciate each one of you for listening. We got to take our last break of the day, but these breaks only give you opportunity to go to our website to find out more. I would rush there now if I were you to find out more about Lee Strobel and about the book, Is God Real? Exploring the Ultimate Question of Life. So go to equipradio.org, you click on program details, and uh, you'll find ordering information. And again, this is a great book to read yourself individually with your kids and your family, also with your small group, but also if you're a pastor, what a great book to read with your staff and team. We're gonna give you more information on the other side of this break, so don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip. Good friendships are a blessing. Jesus even said there is no greater love than the sacrificial love between friends. He knows we need each other, but how do we build these powerful relationships? Rebecca McLaughlin has written a guide to help us start, and I highly recommend it. It's called No Greater Love, a biblical vision for friendship. You can have a copy when you support Equip this month. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit equipradio.org. I want to say thanks to Gary from Harrison, Tennessee, for supporting the program today. You're awesome, Gary. We appreciate you. Maybe we've been a blessing to you as well. I want to encourage you, support the program. We'd love to send you a wonderful book today from Rebecca McLaughlin on a biblical vision for friendship. But we also, more than anything else, want to encourage you in your walk with Christ. So call the number 888 644 4144. You enable us to be here to share the gospel with those who need it most. Let's go to the phone lines. Mary is listening in Illinois. Hey, Mary, thank you so much for listening, Mary, and thank you for calling. What's your question for Lee? Hi, Lee. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have been struggling with both physical um, ailments and mental ailments such as depression and anxiety. Mm. And I've been seeking the Lord so vehemently and I want a relationship with him, but I feel like I'm being punished and I don't feel Mm. like um, my faith is as strong as I wish it were. I don't know if you can help me Mm. with that. Yeah, Mary, that's a great question. And, and, um, you know, it's unclear from your question whether or not you, there's a point in time where you are sure that you've crossed the line and of faith and received Jesus as your forgiver and your leader, uh, or if you're kind of still in the process there. Um, so uh, the one thing I'd want to make sure is that you've taken that step. You know, the Bible says in John 1, 12, but as many as received him, 
To them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So that forms an equation of what it means to come into a real relationship with God. Believe as best you can that, um, that Jesus is who we claim to be, the unique son of God. He died for your sins. To believe that, but then to receive in a prayer of repentance and faith, to just uh, confess your sin, to turn from that, to receive this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life that Jesus purchased on the cross when he died as your substitute to pay for all of your sin. And when you do that, you become, the Bible says, a child of God. And you can then enter into a relationship with God that can grow the rest of your life. Um, it sounds like you're wrestling with some some doubts about that or or perhaps some guilt from something that you feel like God has not forgiven you from. And I just want to say, Mary, you cannot even fathom how much God loves you. He loves you so much. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know you in a personal relationship, not just in this life, but in the life to come forever in heaven. And uh, so I just want to say, if you're not sure that you've taken that step, do it right now. Just um, in your heart, say, Lord Jesus, as best I can, I do believe you are who you claim to be, the Son of God. As best I can, I believe that. And I confess that I'm a sinner and I want to turn from that. And right now I want to receive this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life that you purchased for me on the cross. Thank you for suffering the torture of the cross so that we can be reconciled forever. Give me confidence in my faith. May the Holy Spirit whisper to my spirit the affirmation that I am adopted by you forever. And I look forward to spending eternity with you as well. In Jesus' name. I mean, if you can pray a prayer like that, you can have confidence. that You don't just believe that you've received and you've now become a child of God. And I think sometimes that's at the root. We're not sure. We kind of waffle around where we stand with God. And, and that's why we have the sense of being of uncertainty. Where do we stand with God? And we feel apprehensive and we feel forgotten or abandoned. Um, and it's because we haven't really taken that step and that definitive step over the line of faith and received him as our Lord and Savior. I want you to know, Mary, we appreciate your call so very much, and uh, we're going to continue to pray for God's grace for your life. Father, I just pray that you will be near to our dear sister Mary, that even today as she accepts you by faith as her Lord and Savior, that she would know your love, that she would know your grace, and that you would do such a transforming work in her life that the hope would be evident to all that she comes in contact with. Bless her, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, we're going to get you a copy of Lee's book as well. You stay on the line. We're just going to be a blessing to you and encourage you today. Lee, what a blessing it is to have you stop by every time you're here. It's always an encouragement. I love what Tim Tebow says about the book. He says, Lee's approach is simple. Examine the evidence and be willing to follow wherever it leads. He goes on to say, I'm confident this book will help you better know the love of God. You know, I'm confident in that as well. That's why I wanted to have Lee on, and that's why I really want you to get a copy of this book. We gave away some complimentary copies, but don't worry. If you didn't get yours, you can still order your copy by going to our website, equippedradio.org. There's links there. If you click on the program details, you'll get a link to order your copy of Is God Real? Exploring the ultimate question of life. 
I pray that you would take that question seriously because there is no more important question of life than is God real? Well, until we're together again next time, as always, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, one of the beautiful things about America is its diversity, but that can also cause tensions and pains. Where do we go for answers? Well, the Bible tells us to look to the beginning, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to investigate God's original intent for racial and cultural diversity with Dr. Stephen Bryant on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.